0: ITW Soundworks Welcome to another episode of ITW Soundworks. My name is Ashwin Vijay Kumar, and on today's episode, we'll be joined by Indian chess phenomenon, Grandmaster Harika Dronabari. Harika was part of our first ever episode of ITW Primetime, an initiative by ITW Co. that showcases leading athletes, industry heads, and other influencers in the sporting business. Harika is an Arjuna award recipient, and has been ranked amongst the top 5 players in the world. She is also only the second Indian woman to achieve the title of Grandmaster, and one of only 37 women in the world to hold this prestigious title, which is the highest honour in the world of chess. We'll be talking to her about a number of topics including mental health, the importance of learning outside the classroom, the growing popularity of chess around the world, and of course, her take on Netflix sensation, The Queen's Gambit. Welcome to the show, Harika.
1: Thank you, Ashwin, for the lovely introduction. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Uh, it's nice to be here to share my experiences and uh, a couple of stories from my journey. I hope you and like we all will have some good time.
0: The first thing we want to talk about a little bit is about you yourself. What was your initial introduction to chess? And in terms of who are your biggest influences chess-wise? which is your parents, your family, as well as uh, non chess
1: Sure, uh, so basically, uh, my family, we, we are not from sports background at all, but my fam- my father was very much interested in sports. Like he used to play in university level, like many sports he tried. So he was uh, like so much in love with, with them, but we never thought that I would be here. So we never even expected us to go and explore in sports. Uh, but randomly for my sister, just to learn, teach her patience, they started chess for her. And as a young child, you know, I wanted to see why they're not teaching me and why only my sister. So I just tried to uh, learn what, what they're trying to teach her. And then uh, we realized that I was doing really, really well. And uh, that was uh, like uh, shocking for us. And that's when we decided, let's try it some more. And when I played my first nationals just for experience or for fun I did extremely well and that is when uh, we felt that there is some future in this and uh, after that we didn't have any other choice I was doing well my parents were supporting and I was trying uh, my best to do well in each tournament and that's how I came into chess Uh, but uh, I think the major decision was uh, my parents at that time it was not very, very uh, usual thing to go into sports. So it was not so easy, but for them, they j- all they saw is I had like a uh, uh, natural talent in it. And they just tried to increase that. And uh, them, and then I got, I was very lucky to get a very good coach on time because it was very important. You know, my parents though, they know that they, we wanted to pursue this, but they didn't know what to do, where to start. Uh, so we needed that guidance. And um, I got a very, very um, dedicated coach to say. So he used to feel bad if I would lose. So that is the connection we all had as a team. So my parents, my coach, and all we were, we tried to do is to even each and every tournament. So that's how I came into chess, and then uh, I didn't look back after that.
0: Right, right. So it was a very, very early stage of your life, right? and you, you mentioned your parents all having such a big part of your involvement in the field of chess but something that we wanted to talk to you about considering the early age in which you started chess and it's something that you've mentioned in interviews and in your TED talk as well where you spoke about the immense pressure and anxiety that you would feel as a child growing up naturally you know you were so young you were competing in the highest level all over the world so far from home and you would mention that there were a lot of moments when you were like really confused and really struggled with that anxiety and with all of those stresses of like modern world and it's something you know a lot of young children today are facing similar sort of stress in their life if you look at competitive exams you know the scores are, keep going higher and higher and similarly athletes as well the the age in which athletes are um, sort of getting involved in sports is slowly coming down so as somebody like you who started off so early and went through all the the mental and emotional stress that comes along with this what advice would you give to people and if you can little talk a little bit about your journey and how you sort of overcame those stresses early on
1: sure Uh, first I'll tell you the story uh, whatever I told in TED talk and other platforms so basically for me I, I was like top three student like in school also I was always competitive and uh, even when I uh, entered chess I was doing extremely well more than our expectations so it was all like uh, good good like even my my failure which I always say like my first world championship my failure was to get silver medal so that was my failure so always I had this trophy or somewhere on top somewhere trying to be on top so uh, I was nine and uh, we went to a tournament uh, which was under 15 much higher than my standard much higher but Somehow we had this back of my mind that we are going there to win it because okay we performed well in uh, world Championship, world under uh, 10 and then next is under 15 nationals we would win that so we went with all energy in like you know with all the expectations then once I reached there I did extremely extremely bad and that was like a big shocker for me because until then I never saw a uh, failures from so close by. So for me, it felt like, you know, the world was shattering. This is the end of it. My, I could see disappointed faces of my mother, my coach, they were upset. And I would say like, they never scolded me. They never scolded me. I never had problems. I, I was always uh, given my freedom, but I could see their disappointed faces and somewhere I wasn't used to it. For me, it was all about like going there and winning something. And when I didn't get anything, that felt like this is the end of it. This is, it is over and I mean, now it feels so funny and stupid, but that time it was like a very big thing for me. So, uh, it was hard. It was hard to understand. Uh, I had like, uh, uh, I think I still remember this because I had a very deep impact on uh, myself. Uh, the failure, the horrible, uh, horrible thoughts and, uh, this feeling. So it was hard. Then uh, one tournament passed by and then next tournament came up. I did well. So that's when I realized, I came to the realization that uh, it's okay to fail, you know, it's not the end of the world. It's, it's really not as I thought. So that's when the realization started for me. Once the first failure has actually taught me so much that still I have a story to tell everyone. That's how I see it now and I'm always vocal about it because I know there could be many kids like me who could you know who could be foolish enough to think that this is the this is the end of it this is just I mean uh, these thoughts are like now might be really funny for me the biggest pain that time uh, if I say was I was promised to take uh, to this amusement uh, park if I win the tournament and for me I felt horrible that I couldn't do it that was my biggest problem back then so this could be very silly but I think uh, if we start speaking about it you will understand more and the, for the kids like you know we try to be we try to learn things we try to observe we try to learn so much that we don't speak uh, about what we feel so i think that is the reason i try to be vocal because it it was such a stupid feeling that maybe there are some other kids who can who can take uh, uh, some in, i mean some story to learn from mine mine so that's the reason I always try to tell. This is nothing is end of it. Like, that is the silliest thing I could uh, feel. The failure can end the, my whole world. And uh, after that, now I'm here because of many of my failures.
0: Absolutely. And that's what I think is really important where you would share something like this, Harika, because you mentioned at that age you thought, oh, it's all be all and end all. And look at how much you've achieved since just thanks to that ability of yours to understand that okay this is not the end of life, you had such a great support system around around yourself and I think that's great advice to young people in today's world is surround yourself with people that you're comfortable talking to, just ensure that everything is sort of laid out in front of you so you yourself will realize how small some problems that you think are ahead. Some problems, yes true because
1: Uh, I mean for kids it's like beginning you learn so much you have to learn failures too and I'm very glad that I learned I mean now it might look as simple that how like how can I expect myself to win like under 15 and think that is a failure. But the goal can be, I think because of my higher level goals, I could reach here. So it's always important to learn the failure, to learn to understand that failure is really, really good thing. I always say this, failing it means that you are somewhere on the road to success. Somewhere you are taking the steps and uh, I think that's what I I will always suggest from my experience.
0: You've obviously learned so much over the course of your career and your life, but amazingly, you stopped attending formal school at the age of 13. And right now, you know, in the world, we're all going through a little bit of a downtime. A lot of children are not being able to attend school, a lot of people are being stuck at home. And at the same time, it's also coincided with. A lot of platforms that uh, sort of specialize in self-learning and that's something that I think you're an expert in. you've also spoken about how you feel as though your experiences of traveling meeting so many people from so many diverse backgrounds has taught you far more than any book can right so my question and the sort of prompt that we'd want this next topic to be is sort of how you would encourage young people to do the same in this time especially when a lot of people are being stuck at home and they're not able to learn in the typical conventional ways of school, what were some tips that you picked up during your journey that you could you think could help young people just sort of improve their learning and at the same time adults as well like anybody who is trying to learn on their own without the help of a teacher without the help of just trying to learn from life experiences if you can talk a little bit about that
1: Uh, Yes, so um, when I gave up on education, in the beginning, uh, okay, the decision was very natural for us because I was doing extremely well. I was women grandmaster at very early age. I was like, uh, I gained all my international master norms. It was very big back then, but okay. Uh, then the news maybe because the social media was not as active as now it, it was not known but it was very big achievement back then i i won so many medals so many titles that for us it came out naturally to try and invest time on chess more so that you know we could achieve our highest goal to become world champion as a whole team my family my coach everyone for us it was always about winning the, our highest goal so it came out very naturally to give up studies and to concentrate more on chess Uh, but then i would say it was hard it was hard because uh, there was like uh, there was time when i traveled alone and there would be like kids surrounded like you know they would be speaking about subjects and which i wouldn't know like you know even now i don't uh, feel shy to say that i don't know many basics in the education So I used to feel very embarrassed a little bit that at that point of time, I was very young and everyone was saying something which I don't know. And I was even very cautious, like conscious about my English and my languages, how I, how I would sound, how they would judge me. So it was all in my brain, like, you know, going on. I wanted to prove myself that it was not a bad decision. So in, uh, I would say like around 17 or 18 years, I decided I wanted to improve my English more and more. I didn't have much time to uh, um, join any classes because I used to travel a lot uh, because I used to play ace group tournaments I used to play in men uh, men tournaments, I used to play in women tournaments because I was into uh, Indian team when I was 13 So I used to play all these and my whole year used to be packed But I wanted to prove myself that you know it it wasn't a bad decision, I wanted to fit in this world, I wanted to fit in uh, this uh, that I, I also know I can speak, I can do everything so I used to like literally take a book I I mean I I'm I was embarrassed back then you know to write the mm-hmm. basics of English I used to like I started from the beginning I used to write my own book uh, learning from my own like uh, books or like uh, YouTube or internet or everywhere so everywhere I used to read uh, I used to listen to English uh, interviews I used to read uh, uh, like uh, and make words of it I used to carry that 1kg book everywhere I travelled So I used to do all these things. I always tried to learn, learn something. Then later on, I realized it isn't a big deal. Even if I make mistakes, it's okay. Now what I do is when I make mistakes, I learn from it. I accept it. And that is the realization I got from self-learning that it is okay to do mistakes. There is nothing to feel embarrassed. It's always a subject that you would like to learn. And for me, education is something like I feel I'm educated in a different subject. I didn't go to school, but I traveled and met many people. I tra- I learned myself, I learned how to handle myself. I've taken a decision to travel alone, uh, alone at the age of 13. I told my father, I don't want anyone, I need to travel alone. Because I could see that it's hard for my dad to every time, you know, uh, like instead of two people, I can get like two trips. Mm-hmm. So, I decided for myself that I wanted to travel alone for all the uh, all the tournaments and only for important ones i took my company person so i got this uh, decision making i learned it uh, in a very practical way i might not know subjects but i know the like uh, subjects which i i studied I try to learn languages, I learned Hindi by speaking with people, I learned, I try to, you know, at least like whatever is English I learned as on my own. So I feel very satisfied and complete because whatever I did, I did, I count myself in my own way. It could be little, it could be more, it could be high, it could be small, but at least I did on my own way and it gives uh, immense pleasure, you know, to uh, say this that i tried i tried and i it might be successful it might not be but at least i tried something i liked and chess is my education and chess uh, my degrees are arjuna award and padma award so this is this is what i always say at some point i was embarrassed to say you know that i didn't i'm not studying but the, later on i realized if i do that there could be many young kids who might take the wrong decision i wanted to tell that it is okay if you decide that it is okay, you can be, you can take a different decision than others. It's okay. And this is also an, ed- like it's a, an education system that I had, but a bit different from all other kids. So I definitely learned this. And even in this lockdown, I started learning Russian because I wanted to make use of this time, uh, other than chess. So I learned, I started learning Russian, maybe a bit of it. I'm doing everything on my own. So what I would suggest is. It's something you should first try to find your own interest on something. It's not like you know how many are, are, are like, even like one hour if you do with whole heart, it makes a lot of difference. So I feel it's important for the kids to love what they're doing, to understand what they want and to even uh, go into the subject they love the most. And I think that is what I suggest because once they get this interest and passion, they will do everything on their own.
0: Another big pressure that's maybe unwarrantedly put on top of you is the pressure of being a woman athlete in our country. You know, you have achieved as much as you can possibly achieve in the field of chess and yet there's a little bit more of a pressure put on top of a woman athlete as opposed to a male athlete in this country because of how little opportunities there have been in the past but it has been improving and the fact that you and Miss Humpy Kuneru are the first two Indians to achieve the title of Grandmaster is an incredible achievement so if you can talk a little bit more about that of what you feel like do you feel like it's a bigger responsibility on your shoulders to have achieved so much as a woman athlete and what do you feel the advice you want to give young girls out there to tell them that there's absolutely nothing that they can't achieve if they set their mind out to irrespective of their gender, what country they come from, any of that
1: Uh, To be frank I never felt like you know that uh, being women athlete I had more pressure I really never felt it in -hmm. fact I have seen in our country we get like so much love for women athletes so Mm -hmm. it's, it's I don't see it that way but I think the major difference could be like people say, you know, after marriage or like uh, after kids, it might be difficult. That's what I've been heard saying, you know, that's what I've been always told that, you no, know, it's difficult after that. It's not so easy, but I think now this generation is changing that to some extent, and we are trying to, uh, you know, make career also as important as families. So this is something I would always say uh, for anyone, but other than that, Just being a women athlete in India, I don't think I had any additional pressure for that. Uh, But all I would say is, it's very much possible even after marriage. And I've seen people even after kids who are doing extremely well. All it takes is the uh, way you see it, how much you want to do it. So if you really, really want to do something, whatever the situation is, you will find a way. So I would say all the girls, whichever age, whatever the situation, uh, even married, even with kids, even if you are trying new passion. It's always important to believe in yourself. You have to first believe to even try for it. You have to believe there will be failures. You just can't give up. All you have to do is get up and again work on it. So I would say just to uh, first understand what you want to do and set your goals and work towards it. It doesn't matter whether the result come now or later, but uh, All I
0: would say is just keep trying Absolutely, I think that's an amazing point you made about how in the past a woman's role was always looked at to be a mother all of that and right now you you just got married recently, big congratulations on that but more than that you've been able to easily compartmentalize your career and that's something that moving forward all young girls should really strive for that and finally on a little bit of a lighter note, uh, I don't know if you've watched that Queen's Gambit, the Netflix show yes a lot of comments you know a lot of people are uh, comparing you to the, to the to the saying it's a young girl who's come from from you know all the way on her own from the start all the way till till the grandmaster stage so in on that topic actually uh, harika amazingly that series has raised the profile of chess all over the world during this last year or so it's really made people come back to the sport uh the, sale of chess sets has flown all over the world so as somebody you know who's literally reached the top of the field in the sport what do you think the, the future of the sport holds in our country in the world like where do you see the sport going in the future and uh, maybe you can just talk a little bit for the sake of the fans about the show and what's your take on the show was considering everyone is really eager to hear about your review of the show yeah
1: sure I saw it actually I saw it and uh, I love the chess part uh, because that is something I can relate to but the rest of the fiction, I would say I didn't like get connected to it so much but I was very happy the way they showed chess and uh, that is exactly like how uh, chess players' life used to be in the older times Mm -hmm. and I was very glad that people are getting connected Mm -hmm. to it. I was very happy when people were like saying this to me and you know messaging me that uh, we saw Queen's Gambit, Sicilian Defence. Uh, It's really uh, It feels very good as a chess player definitely, Uh, but for me, I have seen my sport always on high note. So, this isn't surprising for me. I was sure that uh, I think at some point there was a time when they used to chess is not even a sport because we were playing on the boat. I I even heard these kind of comments. It used to somewhere hurt me and it used to somewhere say, you know, uh, feel protective about my sport. I always say, you know, it's not easy. It's very, very hard. The training part is so hard in chess, it's not at all easy and you know, even the sweat won't be shown. It's Mm -hmm. even worse, we can't even tell, you know, prove that how much we are working. So, definitely uh, coming from that way, long way, it feels really good that things are changing but I was always expecting this. I was always uh, sure that one day chess will be so high, it will get its due. I always believe that uh, every sport or everything has a time. And I was just waiting for the time and I was trying to do my bit to contribute to my sport. But I always believed that I think and I still believe there is much longer future. I am not happy with whatever it is now. I always feel there is much, much higher things that chess can do. So I'm glad that it's the it's maybe this is a starting point of it. That people are getting connected to it. I understand it's very complicated for them to understand it. But I hope they can get get connected to it more and more uh, in future and uh, I hope they get to enjoy chess uh, even more than now
0: That's that's amazing Harika, so we'll now we can move into the questions, we've been getting a lot of questions and so the first one is from a person called Abina, he says he will be completing his class 12 soon and he will be going into studying engineering and he's very passionate about chess and he wants to know what he must do to manage chess and studies. He wants to reach an yellow of 2,000 so if you can give him some advice which is a, which is a pretty high number if I'm not wrong.
1: Uh, definitely 2,000 is okay you can like manage even now like I wouldn't say becoming grandmaster would be easy from now but 2,000 is always if this is your goal you can always reach it all you have to do is manage both you can have little whatever little time you're investing on chess You should just be focused and understand where the path is going you should try to uh, use your time wisely uh, to see both to play tournaments and also uh, it's not difficult there are so many people who did it all you have to is have that vision that you can do it once you you understand that you can you will start finding ways to reach there so definitely if he works hard like in both ways uh, so managing the time he should he should definitely reach there
0: right Thank you so much, Arika. Next question is from an anonymous source. It's So chess typically helps players in decision making, problem solving, is there a particular skill in real life where you feel like your chess experience has helped you in terms of whether it's like certain decision you've had to make in terms of certain problems that you faced in life and you feel like learnings that you sort of have gotten from your vast experience in chess have helped you?
1: uh i don't know because uh, chess has been part of my life since exactly. beginning i really cannot differentiate between what is chess and what is life or how it changed mm-hmm. me but all i can say is it uh, it taught me patience mm-hmm. it really taught me that like i i can uh, be very patient now and i can uh, really when I, if i want i would say if i want i can be so <laughs> that is something i learned from the sport uh i would say other than that really i cannot differentiate because this has been part of my life since the beginning
0: all your life learnings and chess learnings have almost merged together to the point yes of this yes one big yes. learning experience for you yes that's all awesome so we'll just move to the last question uh, we have a couple more so how do you keep your chess interesting and engaging especially at this time you know, what ways have you found to keep yourself interested and keep yourself motivated and engaged to train
1: For for us, chess has uh, changed so much from the year we started. Now there's so much of computers. We have to work a lot on computers. We have to be up to date. Uh, But because of this lockdown, I got so much time. I could actually sit on board and enjoy my chess like like old times, just read books. Learn from books, like uh, keep playing on the board uh, with the help of the books, and understand new things. Play, uh, see classical uh, classic games, and all this. There is so much that I could do in this one year because there is no pressure. That you know, there is a tournament coming up. I have to do this. I have to do that because uh, it's like too much. Uh, when you play a tournament, you have to be up to date in the openings. You have to work uh, work a lot on openings, and also at the same time be good and sharp in middle game and to revise your end games so now there is no pressure so you can just sit and enjoy you can just try to make use of this time without wasting it and try to learn more and more so there is no end for it i just try to uh you know like uh just enjoy chess on the board without any pressure without any uh um, like a date you know that this is the date i have to finish my work there is nothing like that so and I, I enjoyed more than before in this lockdown i would say
0: Okay, that's awesome. One last question is a little bit more, it's almost trivia question. What was your fastest victory in the World Championship? In how many moves do you remember clearly?
1: No, uh, in World Championship, I wouldn't say it's it's easy to remember because no one will blend. Right. Up, won't you, get, you, you won't, won't get, get a quick easily. So, yeah.
0: in any major tournament, what was the quickest game that you remember? Did you, did you have you ever mated someone in a 3-4 moves like that, like something It's
1: impossible, it's impossible to make in the level right. we're playing right. but uh, I really don't remember because I actually have this record, I play long games, I play like <laughs> 7 hours, 6 hours I'm like a very solid, slow player, I happily okay. like you know, I don't kill opponent in one go, I'll just <laughs> like slowly, happily, peacefully play Somewhere sometime i win. so I always have like really long games of 6 hours, 7 hours, so I don't really remember my shortest uh, game or something, uh, most, course. maybe maximum in one hour I must have won some game but for uh, so the level we, we play, uh, it's impossible to win in 3-4 months.
0: Fair enough, so you're not playing like how people are playing their younger sibling. and <laughs> So, An- 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 <laughs> do you remember your longest game Harika, what was the time that you, the longest game that you played, do you remember that?
1: Yes, uh there was a time when I played. I started playing around 3 and I finished my game around 10:30. Okay,
0: wow. And
1: and then next day I have a game like a very serious game. So I had to come back and then you know quickly have dinner and just sleep off and then next day to prepare and play. So that's why I remember this like around from 3 to 10:30 or something I played.
0: Okay, that's that's about it. And I think with that we've come to a conclusion of the questions. And I think yeah, so we've pretty much covered everything that we needed to cover. Harika, if there's anything you'd like to add? And I think from the behalf of our company, we'd like to thank you immensely for doing this. This was our first session and we really couldn't have asked for a better better athlete, for a better guest than you. So really, really appreciative of that. And if you have any closing comments on your own.
1: Uh, thanks for inviting me uh because I'm I'm also a person who enjoys like you know sharing my experiences and to try to inspire maybe even if I can help one person that would make me really happy so thanks for giving me this opportunity and I hope uh, some of you could really like use uh, my experiences in some way
0: yeah aw- awesome so I think we'll just end it with maybe a small slideshow of all of your uh with just yeah so we can just go through these pictures if there's anything you liked so I think this was the day you actually won the Padma Shri
1: yes which it was very important because I couldn't take my Arjuna award also by myself because I was in a world championship so Padma Shri award is the first award which I could actually dress up go and like you know take my own award and enjoy so I really like uh, this is one of my memorable days
0: right and this is you getting the award right there so anyway so we'll just also maybe an amazing picture of you from 21 years ago this,
1: this is the time when, you know all of us were upset uh, that I, I lost gold medal I got silver medal this was my first international tournament but inside as a child I was still not as sad as my parents because I was like holding a trophy beautiful trophy somewhere inside you know I was trying to show that I was very sad but somewhere I was happy with my medal and my trophy. So, this is from them.
0: And you played the final of the tournament, right? I think that would have been an, an amazing to, to win the silver medal. It would have been such a great journey for you to go all the way till that last stage of the tournament. So, that's yeah, because th- that
1: is my first international tournament. That was my first first tournament I have ever played outside. So, okay. as a child, it was very important, you know, the trophy. It was so beautiful. That is something which <laughs> uh, uh, helped me to even go further.
0: That's awesome, that's Arika. So, and just maybe one quick explanation of what this picture, what what is the story behind this?
1: So, this is my third world championship, the third bronze medal uh, world championship. I, I went into Armageddon. Armageddon is like after some um, like massive of 10, 10 games or something. It's still like we were on tie with different time controls. So we get to play Armageddon which uh, with toss they decide which colour and my opponent won the toss and now uh, she, cho- she has chosen black. So with white I have to win the game for sure. If I make a draw it's like my opponent will be qualified for the finals. So that is the time I was clearly winning. I was like uh, I would say um, a very basic level of winning game but we were playing on seconds. I was playing with one minute, she was playing on 10 seconds. That was a beautiful opportunity I missed. I I after like 15 or 16 days of long struggle in Iran with the scarf and everything, I was playing like you know all along there so it was after all the struggle I lost my semi-finals and that was the moment when I realised it's all over so this is that moment exactly which I was captured with all the emotions I was just like when I lost the game.
0: I think on that note we'll end it with that very very soon you will bring a world championship back you know and this third place is just the start of an amazing, amazing future for you. So we're all excited to see what exactly you're going to, what more honor you're going to bring to our country. And I think with that, we'll end our first session. So thank you so much. Harika. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to this podcast. We are available on all leading platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon, and Pocket Casts. Please share it with others and leave us a rating and a review. This podcast was written and presented by me, Ashwin Vijay Kumar. Sound mixing and editing for this episode was done by Dheeraj P. Rao. The executive producer of the ITW podcast is Tarek Laskar. Our research team includes Devan Shubat, Vaisak Raj, Vidushi Bhandari, Riyanandi and Kishan Mundra. Visit us at (laughs) itwglobal.com I- I- I-T-W-, ITW Soundworks